Perez rocks it. Deep left center. Way gone. Whoa. The Royals are on the board with a rocket. Seventh home run of the season for Salvador Perez. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Royals Rundown Podcast with myself, Jake Milham, Jeremy Greco, and Royals Review Editor Max Reaper. First off, Jeremy, how you doing tonight, man? I... I'd be doing a lot better if my internet would cooperate with me. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it is uh, it, it is a struggle, man. And in the year 2023, we are still having dial-up internet. Jeremy, I'm going to need you to, to fix that real quick, like, okay? Yeah, that's that's absolutely within my powers. And I, will, I will do that immediately. <laughs> I'm just ribbing you. I'm just ribbing you. Max, are, are you doing any better than Jeremy over there tonight? Yeah, I'm doing great. It's uh, we we have summer weather uh, here in Kansas City, so uh, I'm already feeling like the heat. I'm already I'm already sick of the heat. You know, uh, the Kansas City heat. We just we haven't even started the summer yet. So uh, yeah, we're ready ready for those July 100 degree days. Ooh, I was just about to say it's going to get a lot worse before it gets a lot better. I um, we we run on window units here in Virginia. Like we don't have central air. And unfortunately, our living room AC is right behind my head, so we have to turn it off for a podcast recording. So it oh, gets no. pretty hot here, pretty quickly. Yeah, Jeremy, I, you know how it is here in the here in the South, real humid, and you gotta, oh, you gotta do everything you can to fight, right, man? Uh, yeah, I I would die. So. <laughs> oh man! Well, hey. To all of our listeners out there, this podcast, as always, is brought to you by RoyalsReview.com. Please go visit there. Check out for all the news, analysis, even some prospect updates. That has been uh, some good reads over there from Matthew Lamar and, and Preston Farr, of course, has been killing it on Twitter with the prospects coverage. Really been loving his stuff. Uh, but unfortunately, it's kind of been a lot of bad news on Royals Review lately, Max. Um, it, uh, the Royals fandom is not very happy after a series loss against the lowly Oakland Athletics. Uh, they did escape by winning the series finale today, 5-1 to one in Kauffman Stadium. But, Max, I really don't think anyone is feeling good about this team right now and probably the lowest of lows. Do you agree? Yeah, it feels like this team is hitting rock bottom when they lose a series to a team that is is pretty clearly not trying to be competitive at any at any uh, point in baseball uh, and is trying to leave their city to go to another town in the Oakland Athletics, soon to be at Las Vegas Athletics, it sounds like. Uh, so, yeah, that's pretty frustrating when we're a team that's like, you know, I don't think anyone thought that this team was going to contend or, you know, even be maybe 500. But I think we expected a team that would at least be competitive, at least, at least for a month, maybe um, that would have uh, an offense that could, um, you know, keep us in ball games, a pitching that could, you know, at least hang around. And it's just been it's been a, a, pretty much a disaster. I think the hitting has come on a little bit lately. Um, certainly, Vinny's been been on point all season. Um, we're starting to see some good things out of Michael Massey a little bit, who you know he really struggled out of the gate. But there's just not enough of those guys. I mean, there's not enough guys in this lineup uh, to really, um, you know, overcome some of the other obstacles. That being the defense is not that great. Um, I think it gets a little bit better now with Michael Garcia up and Nick Prado up. But we've got 
two, maybe three outfielders who probably shouldn't be playing outfield right now uh, in, you know, Edward Olivares, um, in Hunter Dozier when he's out there who gave up a, you know, really bad triple to Ryan Noda on Saturday. And then, you know, depending on how you feel about MJ Melendez and his future in the outfield, I mean, he maybe shouldn't be in the outfield as well. And then, of course, the pitching. The pitching, we thought, you know, the first week, we thought, okay, maybe Brian Sweeney and his staff are on to something. And then, since then, it's just been, you know, a disaster. Uh, you know, they've, they, they have improved the walk rate, but everything else that you'd want to see out of a pitching staff has, has regressed. Brady Singer, who was like the one guy we thought maybe had, was the crown jewel of this system, has, has been a, a disaster, really, frankly. I mean, it's just, it's really hard to watch his starts and it's not bad luck it's just him you know not having control of his pitches and you can, you know i'm not a big body language guy but you can read the frustration on his face uh, he just doesn't seem like he has answers right now so yeah it's been super frustrating this team you know our expectations were low and man they have not come close to them so that's uh that's pretty that's pretty frustrating for the royals fans and in, in a season where you know we were just looking for little morsels of, of, of things to, cl- to cling to, uh, to be positive about this team. We haven't even gotten that. I, I would argue that we've gotten a little bit of positivity recently um, in that we've seen a lot less Hunter Dozier. Um, they called up Michael Garcia. They called up Nick Prado. They called up Freddie Fermin. And those guys are all hitting, Nick Prado and Michael Garcia especially. Um, Garcia's has hit in every game he's played so far. Um, Nick Prado had that RBI double today. Uh, they just there's been some successes uh, as far as the hitting goes, but it's it's kind of the old tale of the Royals when they can pitch they can't hit, when they can hit they can't pitch, um, and, and we're seeing Brad Keller has just completely reverted from the guy that we were all excited about after his first handful of starts to become this guy who who is walking three and striking out one, and that is just not going to work at the major league level. Um, but the the hitting is there's a little something there I think um, Vinny Pasquatino I noticed uh, was hitting as good as Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, at the beginning of the weekend and, and it's hard to argue with results like those but there's there's obviously um, it, it felt like at the end of last year we might just be missing a couple of pieces or or a handful of pieces and now it feels like we might only have a couple of pieces and 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 really the puzzle is is far from being complete yeah yeah Yeah, i oh go ahead go ahead go ahead max oh i just think uh, jj bacola has talked about this being like an evaluation area and like we'll have a better sense of what where we are at the end of the season and jeremy you're right i mean it doesn't seem like we have i mean who do you think is going to be part of a competitive baseball team in three years like that's on this roster like Vinny, bobby witt who but but bobby you know is kind of he kind of is what he is at this point which solid player but i don't know if he's going to reach that superstar potential if he's you know his on-base percentage is 300 and his defense is kind of iffy um and you know like i I like what i've seen on michael garcia but we'll see i mean a lot of people think he he maybe is just a utility infielder uh mj melendez i i i think has been a victim of bad luck and i think he has been hitting the ball hard lately um but we'll see and i don't know what position he plays in the future and after that i I mean like scott barlow is gonna be pitching for someone else brady singer is now who i thought was pretty set is now a big question mark so i don't know what you're relying on to be pieces for this next good royals team um because yeah you're right it's there are fewer pieces than than we thought Jeremy, if you say Chris Bubich one more dang time, all right? 
Oh man, but no, it's uh, yeah. This uh, this Oakland series was pretty deflating, guys. I, I ain't gonna lie to you. I think the if you look at it within just like a, a three game window, you know, both teams were heading in. Oh oh, even that. You have you have nearly thirty thousand fans show up for Lorenzo Cain's retirement, and you lose to baseball's worst team, five to four. Like it's. And even on top of that, you know, we, we talked about Brady Singer and like how, you know, how we were all feeling about him in the offseason, how we're feeling about him now. You know, his performance yesterday was kind of the, it exhibited all the reasons why we feel what we feel about Brady Singer right now. No, I don't know of anyone who's sure about him. You know, I was on the train for, hey, we should give him an extension this offseason. Now, I don't even know. If uh, is he going to be a trade piece? Is you know is he not what these current pitching coaches want from a pitcher? Maybe I don't know. There's there's a lot going on, but I I will say and actually Jeremy, I'm going to ask you a question. Jeremy, do you remember that CLI stat I was telling you about on Baseball Reference? It I I should say yes, but I don't. So <laughs> it's I'm going to say no. It's that championship leverage in oh, right, yeah, 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 like the importance of a of a game, and we're now pretty dang close. It is it's May seventh, and we are almost to meaningless baseball in Kansas City. It's on a scale of zero to one, and the Royals Oakland game on Saturday was at a point one five. So <laughs> it is. Like it's been on a on a free fall. You can just see how how bad. I mean, oh my gosh! I I just don't even know where to start because like there's this slippery slope of okay, well, do I want to go full pessimistic this early in the season? It's not like the team's giving me a whole lot of reasons to be optimistic. Um, but yeah, um, I I think we all can agree the the Oakland series loss was a new low for the team in 2023 and previewing the upcoming four game series against the White Sox. I don't know if it's going to get any better because the White Sox are fourth in the AL central as of this recording right now, but they've been on an extremely hot streak the past. Oh my gosh. I'm trying to think past like 10 games. Like they've been looking like the White Sox that we thought of this off season. Max, to put you on the spot, do you think that the Royals have any chance of winning the series against the White Sox? <laughs> well, what they've lost, what, 9 of 10 to start the year <laughs> as far as series? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the odds are stacked against them. And, then you know, for a while we were saying, well, it's a, it's the tough schedule. And, I mean, this Oakland A series just showed it doesn't really matter what the opponent is. Uh, the Royals are going to struggle. You know, I, I do see, like, you guys, like Jeremy mentioned, I do see some signs of – Positivity. I mean, I do think the offense is coming around. They've been scoring some runs over the weekend. Granted, they were playing, you know, the worst the staff, the pitching staff off to the worst start I think in baseball history. So yeah. I don't know if they, we should give them that much credit. Uh, and they certainly, I mean, straining fifteen base runners on Saturday. I don't know if that is, you know, offenses should get that much credit for that. Uh, at least they were getting base runners on, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, I, yeah, it's just hard to say they're going to win any series. I mean, even now that they're playing teams that are more at their level in the standings, um, doesn't really seem to matter, especially at home where they've only won three games all year. Uh, so, you know, for me, I'll kind of, I'll see, I'll believe when I see it. Uh, but, but, um, uh, 
it's 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 been frustrating just because we you know we're looking we're we're grasping at straws. We want to find something to be positive about. I mean, I, I know we get a reputation of being a negative side, but I I'm kind of tired of the negativity. I mean, I'm I'm looking for signs of life here. I want to be positive about Absolutely. this team, and there are there are some things like Vinny. Vinny looks good. I mean, Bobby Lee is what he is. Um, but just there's just not enough of it, and 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 really, it's been deflating because I thought we weren't that far away. Like, okay, let's spend some money in this off season, let's put them around some of our young players. If anything, it seems it feels like we're further back than 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 we thought. I mean, I, it it almost feels like we're right back where we were in like 2018 when when all Eric Hosmer and Mike Mustakas and Lorenzo Cain left. That's that's my big question right now. Is that okay? So we say 2023 is an evaluation year. Well, the evaluations, I mean, obviously, we're not to the end of the year yet, but if we had to do the evaluation right now, we'd say, boy, uh, we might want to keep like three of these players. So yeah. what do you do? What's the, after you've evaluated and you come up with, man, everybody's not good, what, what do you do to fix that? That is not, uh, I, I mean, you can't go out and sign 23 free agents. And there's not anybody really in the minor league system that is is looking like, oh yeah, the, we just got to get that guy up and then we'll really be going somewhere. And it's it's just the, there doesn't seem to be a path forward from here. No, there there really doesn't. And that was one of my big questions when over the span of a week, the Royals called up Austin Cox, optioned him back to Omaha, called up Jonathan Heasley, optioned him back to Omaha, and now we have Max Castillo back with the Major League Club. So those are three of your starters in Omaha who are going straight to the bullpen right now. And I know, you know, maybe they are truly just evaluating them on these two-inning, three-inning appearances, however, however you want to put it. But, Max, what I want to ask you is, what is – what is Kansas city doing with these pitchers? Like, is that signaling something they don't believe in the pitchers they have right now? Like, what do you think? I think this is something they've talked about uh, since the off season and something the Rays and Dodgers have done a little bit more in recent years as well. Um, it's just, it's just a way to lengthen your bullpen of shuttling guys in and out to essentially have a, because you're capped right now at 13 pitchers, essentially a way to get like 16 pitchers on your staff for a week. Um, and that's a way to also to play matchups, um, you know, a lefty. If you're facing a team that has a lot of lefties, get a guy like Austin Cox up for a day. You can you can maximize his utility a little bit. So yeah, I get it. it seems like a carousel uh, and a little bit like rearranging the, the chairs on the on the deck of the Titanic. And I don't disagree with that when you're calling guys up that have an ERA of nine in AAA, as Jonathan Heasley did. Like that usually doesn't scream promotion, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, I think a lot of these guys, but I think so what that says about Heasley is I think they see him as a reliever now. I don't think his career is as a, star, as a starter. I think he's kind of gotten that chance and hasn't really uh, done that much with it. So, uh, and I think with Coar, you know, him and, and Heasley and, and, and maybe with Austin Cox as well, who, who's pitched a little bit better than, than those other guys at AAA. You know, it seems like the bullpen is probably where they're going to end up. And maybe this is a little bit of an audition for them too, to show what they can do. Well, uh, I mean, that's all good and nice and everything, but uh, I think they could use another starter. Uh, Ryan Yarbrough probably didn't belong in the rotation despite today's excellent start. He got a line drive to the face during today's game. Uh, I'm, I still haven't heard, uh, maybe there's been an update that you all have seen on social media. I haven't heard what the prognosis is there, but I, he 
sure he walked off under his own power, but he had his the towel covering his face the whole way there. That that doesn't paint a good sign to me of of his likely availability for his next start. They're going to need somebody to take that start. And as I noted in the game thread today, even if Ryan Yarbrough doesn't seem like he belongs in the rotation, who do you replace him with out of what the Royals have right now? He might not have even been the worst guy in the rotation. Uh, that might have actually been Brad Keller or Brady Singer, or they might both be worse than he is. Uh, it's just so th these guys were about to enter a scenario where, um, you know, we said the Royals need more starting pitchers and they went out and said, oh, well, we'll get this one innings eater and then we'll get Ryan Yarbrough. And well, that doesn't look like it was enough. Yeah. And, you know, this a lot of this is on, you know, Brian Sweeney and, you know, Jack Bove. They, they, J.J. Piccolo talked a lot about this offseason. You know, this wasn't a minor league development issue. It's a major league coaching issue. And so that kind of made me think, okay, well, they can turn things around pretty quickly. They, you know, they, they've been talking about, they have the data. It was just, wasn't being used by Cal Eldred. Okay. Well, here you have your chance now. And I know, I don't want to judge them after just six weeks or five weeks, but the results haven't been very good. Now we'll see over the course of a full year, but um, certainly I thought those, there would be a quicker turnaround than this. And it's been frustrating to see uh, a regression, if anything. Yeah, for sure. Go ahead, Jeremy. I mean, it's it's just if this is a major league coaching issue, then there needs to be a quick turnaround. Especially if your your announcement is, oh, it's a major league coaching issue. We've so, we've dealt with that. We're moving forward now. Okay, well, then moving forward needs to look like having some success pretty dang quick. Otherwise, you, you're 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 still sitting here without any starting pitchers, which is the scenario we've ended up with. For sure, and I I completely agree with that. It's a it's a pretty bleak prognosis right now. If you're looking, even after the All Star break, what does this rotation look like? Much less, what does it look like in 2024, when a good chunk of these guys aren't going to be around? There's a good chance Brad Keller ain't going to be here. Ryan Yarbrough isn't under contract. Brady Singer should be here, but what type of pitcher are we getting there? And if, if Zach Granke comes back for another season, I think <laughs> I think that is a very, very desperate move from the Kansas City Royals, unfortunately. I, I love you, Zach, man, but gotta gotta go right off into the sunset. You don't have to be doing this crap anymore, okay? Hey, hey Jeremy Guthrie was in town pitching for the Savannah Bananas on Friday. Yeah. Maybe he could, you know, suit up again for the Royals. You never know. Jeremy Guthrie's still pitching, you know? And he's still around. He's still around. But you know what I will say is Jeremy would remind me of this, that Chris Bubich, our Lord and Savior, will be back um, so at some point in 2024. Right, Jeremy? I wasn't going to say it because I didn't want to get fired from the podcast. But Oh, goodness. I, I know my own shortcomings. Oh, man. But, hey, we're going to take a quick ad break. On the other side of this ad break, listen to us talk about is, is uh, Nick Prado, is he going to stick around in the majors this time? And we're not the only ones who don't like the home run celebration. Check out more on the other side of this ad break. And we are back here on the Royals Rundown podcast. So, Jeremy, I uh, we're, we're going to go ahead and start off with this home run celebration because I felt like you were being a little critical on Wednesday when you talked about it. I ain't going to lie. Sure. I, I, agree, I agreed with it, but I was like, okay, it's just – it's a home run celebration. Like it, it can't really be that bad. Well, 
it might be that bad. <laughs> um, so MLB.com, you know, they, they got to put out their content. They got to talk about the league and things like that. And one of the most visible things around the league this year has been the home run celebrations. There's been some really good ones. Um, I don't like the Nationals, but I love like the giant wig that they put on for their home run celebrations. Um, seeing Julio Rodriguez hold this giant trident and pose is pretty badass if you ask me but jeremy you were uh your opinion was validated because you have to scroll all the way down to the bottom of this list the very last place to see the gladiator mask from the kansas city royals jeremy are you uh go ahead and take your victory lap on this if you will yeah all i need is a is a bus and i'll just drive it around kaufman a couple of times <laughs> John Gruden. um yeah, it's just it's the, the same thing I said last week. It's it's generic. It doesn't have anything. My, I, I don't know how well I phrased this, but I, I do want to kind of make the point that I think a home run celebration needs to be about the team, the city, or at least one player on the team. There, there has to be some kind of connection to something. And the Gladiator helmet has no connection to anything. And the frustrating part to me is that they had the crown. They had that idea. The crown goes with the Royals. That makes sense. And they, they threw it out the window because it was dented. And I'm telling you, a dented crown is a story. You you create a story around the dent, and then you're really going places. You've got something unique. You've got something. I think, honestly, a dented crown is better than a plain crown. It's like, oh, well, it's a crown. Okay, it's the Royals. It's a crown. Fine. It's a dented. Why is it dented? Like, that's that could be fun if you work with that, if you riff on it. And instead, the Royals said, oh, no, can't have a dented crown. Let's have a gladiator mask. For reasons that I, no one can explain, that who cares? A dented crown too kind of really exemplifies this franchise right now. I mean, right? <laughs> I don't know, maybe that's maybe they didn't want to draw those comparisons, but it, it, it also reminds me uh, of the controversy with the Braves celebration because they were celebrating with one of those big hats, which I guess is a, a brand where they make super extra large hats. And baseball said, "No, you can't do that because it's not an officially licensed hat. We have a deal with New Era," and so they put a, a stop to it. Which I was like can't new era just make a really big hat and give it to the Braves. And with this, I'm like, can't the Royals just get another crown? So I get you a crown. I mean, it's not that hard to find a crown, get another crown. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, I, I think these celebrations are, are hilarious. I think they're great for the most part. Um, I'd like to see the players having fun. I do think it's a way for for teams, especially young teams like the Royals, to bond. Uh, but man, show some creativity. That's this is where Vinny Pasquantino can really step up. He's he's obviously the leader of this team. He's I think he's a guy that kind of gets it. I think he, he can come up with a better idea than a gladiator mask. So Vinny Pasquantino, if you're listening, I I put it to you to kind of to come up with a better home run celebration. Get the Royals higher on this uh, home run ranking list on MLB.com. And uh, and get, uh, if we can't if we're not going to win the World Series this year, at least we can have the best home run celebration in the uh, league give us something to celebrate about y'all i mean come on i'm not uh, i'm not writing home about the gladiator mask right now for uh, especially as as rare as we see it in the dugout there unfortunately oh man yeah, and then it's salvador perez I, he hit the home run today and, and they didn't even show the they didn't even show the nope. mask on the broadcast nope like come on that's I I, it, it must it's so uninteresting that they can't even be bothered to show it on the broadcast that's the thing. I don't think anybody's proud of it. It's not like <laughs> it's 
I, I'm sure that the players are because the players are the one right. who, who thought it up. But no, like everyone in it seems like most people around this on the on the borders of this know, guys, this this ain't it. This just don't just stop. Just stop it. But listen, it's up to the players. Whatever makes them happy, they can keep doing it. We'll just offer our opinions on it. Sound fair, guys? I, I feel like Salvi could come up with some. I mean, there's got to be like some, oh, some, some Venezuelan culture hat or you know cultural mm. thing or, or, or you know, Vinny Vinny Pascantino could could I'm sure can come up with some better. But uh, this kind of feels like a Bobby Wood Jr. idea, the gladiator mask. Just you like think so. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's great. He's great talent. He seems like a really good dude. But I don't I don't get the sense he's like the the funniest, like most clever guy <laughs> in the clubhouse. I'm getting big I, Mickey I, Lopez I, vibes. Oh yeah, I, man, I can see that. Yeah. I just came up with a, a celebration I think would be much better. Is okay. Pasquatino is called the Pasquatch, right? Right. So just get him a giant fake fur coat, and they could just put on the giant fake fur coat, and then it's like now we're all the Pasquatch. I I I could see it. I can see it, but man, I'm sorry. I wouldn't want anybody to be wearing that in July in Kaufman. All right, not for long. Well, it also reminds me of the uh, the bear suit, the bear jacket that that, that Danny yes! Duffy wore. Oh, that so that's a nice so callback. Awesome yeah, that would be a nice callback there. Oh my gosh, what, what would be another like callback one? Like you could put the instead of the Salvi's splash Gatorade, Gatorade bucket, like you just put it on, and then you just walk down the dugout. I, I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, but Jake, I'm spitballing. I am reading the hell. You're right. The home run celebration was Nicky Lopez. The, the gladiator mask was so Nicky Lopez's idea. That's from Andy Rogers. Okay. I, I was about to say, I probably read that. That's where I was getting that from. So, but yeah, I, it's look, we, we can offer our opinions on it, but whatever makes them happy, I guess. Uh, as long as I get to use it more, use it more in more games. Yes. <laughs> please, 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 please. And I um, someone Nicky last time too. <laughs> yeah. Someone who has already used uh, the Gladiator helmet after he made his Major League 2023 debut, I will say, is uh, is Nick Prado. Um, And he has been on a a pretty good run, I will say, um, in Kansas City since his return. But, Jeremy, whenever I watch Nick Prado or whenever I saw Nick Prado come up the second time this year, um, I'm just wondering, is he actually going to stay or is he just a, a temporary solution to a to a long range problem? So, Jeremy, I I pose to you this. Do you think Nick Prado is going to stick in the majors this time around? Uh, if he keeps hitting like this? Yeah, I think you will. Um, of course, <laughs> I'm looking at his fan page and uh Boy, that uh, 579 BABIP really stands out, doesn't it? Um, So we might expect a little regression on that front. He obviously needs to bring the strikeouts down still. He's still striking out at uh, 30, after today's game, 37.2% of the time. It's a bit much. Uh, But but yeah, he's having success right now, and and I don't know who else they want to put in the lineup other than him. He's, I don't know that he's got anything to prove at AAA anymore, so let him go out there and play. I mean, it's it's him or Dozier, right? And Dozier's certainly not going to contribute to the future of this team. Yeah, yeah, and I, full credit to Alex Duvall, Royals Farm Report, who was kind of 
uh, going after people that were critis- critical of Prado getting, you know, called back up because his numbers at AAA weren't great. But if you look past his batting average, you know, he's hitting the ball hard down there, was really starting to come around. And, and Alex was on that pretty quickly. And, and uh, so he wasn't too surprised by Prado's hot start with the Royals. So that's good. Um you know, I, I think if nothing else, just having Garcia and Prado on in the lineup, it, it just makes the defense better. I mean, we saw it on Friday. He was making plays left and right. So even if he's not helping the team with his bat, I think he's helping the team with his glove over at first base. Not that Vinny Pasquantino is terrible, but Nick is. I think Nick is a guy that could win a gold glove over that position. So I like his defense over at first base. I think the hitting will come. And I think Jeremy's right. There's not a whole lot for him left to prove at AAA. Um, you know, other than maybe cutting down the strikeouts, which the best way to learn to make contact against major league pitching is to face major league pitching. So, um, I, 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 I kind of think he's up for good. Uh, put him in the lineup every day, see what he can do and let's get this lineup younger. Uh, let's, let's see what the kids can do. Uh, cause I think they've been playing, they, they're starting to come around a little bit. And certainly I think having Garcia up and Prado up is, um, brought a little energy to this team. Let's just see if they can, uh, you know, uh, hold it up for the whole summer. But I like having him up for the, for the rest of the year. For sure, for sure. And I only think this lineup is going to get younger once Drew Waters makes his return from extended spring training. I mean, that guy has been on an absolute offensive tear down there. I think on uh, on Saturday he had a two-home run game. Now, granted, it's, it's against extended spring training competition but it's still showing that he has he's good at the plate and he is healthy enough to continue playing at least so i am looking forward to him starting his rehab assignment here before too long but i definitely i I agree with you max i think nick prado entering the 2023 season was one of the bigger wild cards if you will because you, you have to think before 2022 really a lot of folks were kind of labeling him as a bust um the i mean what he was a first round pick in 2017 he just wasn't getting it done at the plate i'm sure that a lot of the that the lost games from 2020 had something to do with that but even then his uh his stock wasn't super high in my opinion and i think now he is certainly like he's better than a quadruple a player but He's uh he's not a sure thing either, in my opinion. So I'm definitely on board with him being able to, you know, spell Pasquantino at first base, you know, get Pasquatch in the DH role a little bit more. And then also I do like his outfield chops. And you're going to see a lot of them in center with Kyle Isbell out because I don't think they really have anyone else they trust out in center. I think Nate Eaton maybe once in a while. But, um, I mean, this speaks to how thin this organization is right now, it, you know, in the upper minors. Um, you know, maybe Brewer Hicklin, maybe Drew Waters. We'll see him, you know, as the season goes on. But not a lot of great options right now. So we're trying out Jackie Bradley Jr. You know, you know who they should call up? They should call up veteran Jorge Bonifacio from from AA Northwest Arkansas. Hey, Lorenzo Cain <laughs> was in town. I mean, like, he's the same age as Jackie Bradley, isn't he? I mean, <laughs> he, he certainly could probably hit as well. So I don't, I don't see why, you know, if he wants to suit up, let him. I listen. I I don't know. I still don't understand why Bonifacio is down in Arkansas. He is absolutely raking against his Double A competition. But there's like a whole the crop of outfielders at the Triple A level for the Royals right now feels like a whole bunch of quadruple A guys until they get that major league shot. Um, you look at you know Brewer Hicklin is is back. 
Um, Tyler Gentry has been, he had an amazing defensive play today, but I just don't know how well those guys will translate to the major league level. And they're not really premier prospects. I, I love watching them play against AAA competition. I just don't think that they could uh, stand on their own two feet in major league baseball. Is there, is there someone I'm forgetting? Is there another solution to the outfield problem so we don't have to see Jackie Bradley Jr. up there anymore? I think uh, Samad Taylor is a guy that's been hitting well for triple oh, yeah. A and triple A. Um, and, but he's more of a utility type, uh, but certainly can play outfield. Um, I think it's kind of getting to the time where we should audition him and see what he can do. I'd rather see him out there than like a Jackie Bradley Jr. Honestly, um, you know, Nick Lofton's a guy that could play out some outfield. Um, I think he's more of a utility guy as well. Um, John Rave is playing well, double oh, yeah. A probably warrants a, a promotion to triple A at this point, but yeah, there's not a whole lot of options. I mean, uh, you know, this is a, a team that, uh, you know, hasn't really developed that many outfielders uh you know was, um, I, I thought gavin cross would be a guy that would rise to the system really quickly he is off to a horrendous start in a ball right now he's a first round pick mm-hmm. from last year so uh, i don't know uh this is a team that probably should be should be making more deals to get some more talent here and uh because the upper minors look pretty rough right now which I, I will say this, last year they did a good job of getting higher level minor league talent in the outfield in midseason. You, you have to think, they got Drew Waters in the middle of the season, they got Brent Rooker for Cam Gallagher later on in the season. And I know, Jeremy, you and I have talked about this before, how they mismanaged Rooker during the 2022 season, and now we're kind of seeing how... I. I don't know. I don't know if just to say that his performance for Oakland now is not legit or not. Like he, it's been going on for a while. He's been sustaining his numbers for a good amount of time. I'm not saying he's going to end the season with a thousand OPS, but he uh, he's holding his own out there in left field. So it's uh, it's kind of frustrating that the Royals let that get away when they are lacking that high tier outfield talent. But we'll uh, we'll just have to see. Max, what you got? Well, I just, I just, you know, I don't really blame the Royals too much for letting him go because, you know, he kind of bounced around the league. But I, I do wonder, like, okay, well, what did, what did happen in Oakland that made him hit there mm. and not Kansas City? Why isn't, it, why aren't we just like picking up some guy? And, and you know, look, maybe it's opportunities. And I, this is something I've been wanting to write about, and I think maybe I'll get around to it this week. The, the Royals are, are wasting at bats on guys like Jackie Bradley Jr. when they could be giving flyers on guys like, you know, Brent Rooker or other players like him that maybe can play center field. And maybe they don't pan out, but every once in a while, you strike gold with one of those guys, and they figure something out, and they're able to hit. Um, and and instead, we know you know we know what Jackie Bradley Jr. is. We know what Matt Duffy is, and I know he's hit, but he's not part of the future. You could, you could sign a guy that's 26, 27 years old, hits, figures it out, and suddenly he's part of your future. So it seems like wasted opportunities, and uh, good for Oakland for giving some of those guys a chance, like Richard Lovelady, who we saw uh, pitch against the Royals this weekend. Uh, like like Brent Rooker, um, but but the Royals I think need to be giving more of those guys a shot. Well, it seems like I a lot was. of the transactions are being made because they don't want to be embarrassed, and they're yeah. being embarrassed. Like we need a center fielder so so the ball doesn't just roll into the wall. We need a pitcher <laughs> like Ryan Yarbrough, otherwise a guy will have an Eduardo VSC's you know experience, which older Royals fans will remember. But younger fans, that's when they just threw a guy from Double A to pitch against the Yankees in Yankee Stadium, and he had you know just a, 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 an explosion. Uh, so they just don't want to be embarrassed, but they are being embarrassed. So it doesn't make any sense. They need to give some of these younger guys a, sh- a shot. I think. I will. I will say this though. Does that, in my mind though, does that 
mean that the organization thinks that Jackie Bradley Jr. at this point of his career still has a higher ceiling than some of these guys that they have in AAA Omaha, maybe. Like, we're not, it's, that that could be telling of the development, that could be telling of how, you know, drafting and scouting, because I will, and let's go ahead and get on this tangent, because I think we're all educated enough on this. So the a lot of the pessimism on social media and in the comment section on royalsreview.com has been about development. You know, it's the lack of development is starting to catch up to the Kansas City Royals. And it is. It really is. The poor drafting in the in the mid 2010s is really killing this team's talent pipeline right now. But my the way I see it is we're seeing a lot of immediate improvements at Columbia, at Quad Cities, and even some at Northwest Arkansas. But once you get to these more established players within the Royal system, you're not seeing those improvements. Am I, am I making sense here, Max? Like, I think that there's, it's gonna take a while to fix this team and this system, unfortunately, just because it's that, it's that screwed up from the previous administration. Well, maybe. I mean, but that's not the way it was kind of sold to us. It was kind of sold to us of like, hey, we've got things in place. It hasn't been – there's been a blockage that I think was put at the feet of Dayton Moore, Mike Matheny, and Cal Eldred. We've removed the blockage. This data is now going to flow nicely to our on-field staff, and things will get better. And that hasn't been the case, and I think you're right. I think this points to a larger systematic problem of like – this organization may not know what it's doing right now, and if that's the case, they may have hired the wrong man to lead this organization, and uh, there there needs to be complete house cleaning. Now, I'm not quite to that point yet. I'm not calling for J.J. Piccola's job or anything, but it certainly hasn't been a very encouraging start for anyone that was in his corner. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I, you know, the the calls get louder for a house cleaning every day. I, I don't know, guys. I am very much at a at a low point with my optimism with this team. Um, it's not very good to be 34 games or excuse me, 35 games into the season. And it feels like you're limping to to the end. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's just very, very frustrating. But there is something, Max, that we got reminded of the good times of the Kansas City Royals, and that was during Lorenzo Cain's retirement ceremony on May the 6th. That was a lot, a lot of good vibes, a lot of great memories being brought back, and a lot of great people being brought back to Kansas City for that retirement ceremony. Um, I highly suggest going to check out Jason Hanna's Instagram if you want to see some great snapshots from that game. He is the He's one of the Kansas City Royals team photographers, and he perfectly encapsulated some moments from that ceremony but max i'm going to start off with you all the memories that were brought back about lorenzo kane what is one of your favorite things or one of your favorite moments from kane's time in kansas city well first of all i just want to credit the royals for credit credit where credit's due they really nailed the the pregame ceremony with with lorenzo kane from starting the ceremony at uh 5 38 p.m which is 17 38 in military time which uh was a great tribute to him oh. and uh just the, all the way they put things together i love the relay with his kids uh to him for the first pitch uh and then uh, you know to hear him talk about this organization is really 
great. I mean, they, they just hear, seeing him tear up, the way he talked about the people that helped him out. Um, there's something to be said about Dayton Moore and the way he did run this organization during their glory days. So I, I think they deserve a lot of credit for, for those days and also for the way they handled the ceremony. So kudos to them. Uh, for Lorenzo, man, he's probably my best, my favorite royal of the last 15, 20 years. Him and Alex Gordon, maybe. I'd probably give it to Kane just because he was such a such a treat to watch in the outfield. I mean, uh, just the way he just tracked balls would uh, always looked like his glove was about ready to fall off his hand, but somehow he'd just find a way to that to get that ball into the glove every single time. Um, as far as favorite memories, I mean, it's got to be that 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 game six of the night of uh, the 2015 ALCS against the Blue Jays where. He scores from first base on a single. That was a hard hit line drive down the right field line, but that took scouting. Uh, Alex Zumal has gotten a lot of credit for that. Rusty, Rusty Kuntz has gotten a lot of credit for that. That took um, you know a good hit from Eric Hosmer, but it also took Lorenzo Kane hustling his butt off from first base and scoring all the way around uh, on that hit. And that was just that exemplified what the Royals were about that year. Um, and to see his emotion when he hopped up from. Uh, home plate after scoring that that was ended up being the cover of Sports Illustrated that week. Uh, just an amazing moment, amazing uh, player. I'm really glad I got to see him watch. I uh, got to watch him during his prime, um, and also just fun to watch him goof around with Salvi all those years. Truly a, a great friendship because you like to, this is a game. You like to see these guys having fun, and he was truly a guy that had fun playing the game, and I had a lot of fun watching him. A, a couple of moments that come to mind for me is one one that I'll never forget is him. Um, in Camden Yards, just he made a lot of great defensive plays there against the Orioles. But man, his uh, his home run robbery against Pedro Alvarez is one of my favorite moments. Um, also, another one that comes to mind is I remember it as a meme. I don't remember like the actual moments, but I think it was a fight against the White Sox. And he had like his jersey up over his head and it looked like from Beavis and Butthead, like <laughs> I am the great Cornholio. And so all, all I can imagine is Lorenzo Cain trying to do his best impression and uh, and saying that. But yeah, no, it is only only good memories from Cain's time here. Um, I will I'll admit this. I, I am glad that he went and got paid. Um, after he won his ring here in Kansas City. I don't know. I will will say this. And Max, you, Max, Jeremy, please let me know if I'm wrong on this. I don't know where his long-term legacy lies, not only in Kansas City, but in um, in Major League Baseball. You know, is he a retired number sort of guy? Is he... Uh, you know, is he going to be remembered in some other way? Like, Max, what what do you think? Is that too soon to tell? I think he's definitely a Royals Hall of Famer. Uh, probably not a retired number guy. I think that's probably more for uh, guys that either spent most or all of their career in Kansas City or, you know, went, went to go to the Hall of Fame and spend most of their career in Kansas City. So, you know, he spent time with here in Milwaukee and, and you know, he got some good moments in Milwaukee as well, reaching the postseason. Yeah. Uh, so, and I agree, good, good for, to see him get paid. I always thought that he was a good candidate for an extension here. And there was a report at one point he wanted a six year deal from the Royals and they just weren't, they weren't willing to do that for him and Alex Gordon. And since Gordon had already signed his deal, the cane wasn't going to get his, which you're also like, well, okay, why they offered to Eric Hosmer though? (laughs) Right. Exactly. And I I thought Kane was probably a better candidate than Hosmer. Um, but you know, would it have mattered? Probably not. I mean, it was nice to Kane play for a good team, uh, those years and, and go to the postseason. So, um, yeah, Orioles hall of famer, one of the greats, great tradition of center fielders in Kansas city with Amos Otis, Willie Wilson, Carlos Beltran, and now Lorenzo Kane. So certainly a great legacy uh, being part of that mix. 
hey before we get on out of here let's go ahead and we haven't done this in a while guys it is time for some royals review reviews max what do you have for us this week on a review well i'm i'm like y'all i was more of a star wars kid uh and so uh, sorry to nerd up the podcast we got star trek and star wars and the the uh, the rivalry there but uh my review this week is uh star wars has a number of books that are really good and i'm i know i'm I'm late to the scene on this one but i've been reading timothy zahn's thrawn which is based on the uh character thrawn the uh the imperial uh admiral uh who has made an appearance in star wars rebels but i don't think he's been in any other films or or tv series uh but i think there's been a lot of calls to get some sort of series about him uh, so he's going to be in Ahsoka, I think. Is that yep, the rumor? Yeah, he's going to be in Ahsoka. Uh, so, yeah, so that's pretty exciting. But for anyone that's not familiar with the character, he's uh, an Imperial uh, Navy Admiral, and he's non-human. And there's a, you know, which actually opened up a lot of, I didn't know that there was going to be a lot, there's this kind of recurring theme of discrimination against non-humans in the Star Wars universe, which I'd never really considered. Uh, but he nevertheless rises through the Imperial Navy and becomes, uh, kind of runs his own ship. And he's just known for being like three steps, five steps ahead of everyone else. Like he, he's, the way he's able to diagnose a problem and uh, come up with a solution uh, is, is, it's, it's like a, it's like a, a, a mystery novel where you have Sherlock Holmes, who's just a step ahead of everyone else it's really interesting and fun to read through and, and follow his way his line of thinking uh and see how he attacks problems and kind of is kind of there's a lot of like useful advice in there about attacking problems and that i've kind of used and how i think about things in my own life so uh timothy's on timothy timothy Zon, i'm gonna say this real quickly timothy zahn's thrawn and i know there's a series of books i'm on the first one uh but i would recommend that series yeah, it's a it's a great series. I think I I listened to them all on audiobook, so that was kind of cool because they did like the full production on it. It wasn't just reading reading the the book. You could hear like the the fighters fly by and the laser blasts and things like that. So it was pretty cool. Good good one there, Max. Followed up by Jeremy. I unfortunately I'm gonna have to bring it bring it back to reality. Sadly, um, I am instead of a review i guess i'm going to give my my kudos to uh bob kendrick um, of the negro league baseball museum who um bob he was kind of at the forefront of a couple things this weekend um but unfortunately one of the oakland a's broadcasters this past week glenn cooper um he he said racial slur live on air when he was saying the title of the baseball museum um and kendrick put out a put out a statement you know it's i i don't want to say in this day and age but you see on social media a lot of people you know um when someone does something like this it's like hey no i ain't never gonna forgive them or they're defending them immediately there's not a whole lot of middle ground but i will say this Kendrick, and I'm going to quote him here, he said, quote, the word is painful and has no place in our society. And while I don't pretend to know Glenn's heart, I do know that my heart is one of forgiveness. I hope all of you will find it in yourselves to do the same. Um, And Kendrick recounts how, you know, Glenn was just in the museum like the day before he made the slur. So that is so we actually, you know, met him face to face before all this happened. So, you know, they have a little bit of a rapport. I, I don't want to give my, my opinions on the on the matter. It, it was very wrong of him to say. I will say that, but I want to give my kudos to Mr. Kendrick, who is very much taking a, a high road approach to this whole situation. When uh, 
when I wouldn't fault him if he was uh, being a little bit more heavy-handed with it personally, guys. Oh man, but that was uh, that was very tough to uh, to hear that happen this weekend, and then on top of that the baseball world did lose a big member of the late 20th century baseball world um, Vita Blue the pitcher from the Oakland Athletics their previous high and then also who spent some time in Kansas City in the uh, in the 70s I believe um, he Vita passed. Blue yeah Vita Blue he pitched for the 82-83 Royals okay th- thank you very much yeah. Um, so yeah so Vita Blue he um you know, he passed away this, I believe it was today on Sunday, actually. So um, thoughts and condolences from the podcast to his family. And just, you know, Bob had a, had a great statement remembering, you know, Blue in Kansas City and his role with the museum. So that was always really cool to hear. Um, guys, I, I hate to end the podcast on a, on a down note, but uh, some, sometimes you, you got to do it. Max, for our new listeners, where can folks find you on social media and where can they find your work? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Max Reaper, M-A-X-R-I-E-P-E-R. And you can also follow me on Royals Review. I run the Royals Review social media account, most of it at least. Uh, And um, you can also read our work at RoyalsReview.com. And again, I'm Jacob Milham. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Milham Casey. You can uh, you can find all my podcast work wherever you're listening to this podcast right here. And then again, please go check out the team's work over at RoyalsReview.com, and also check out the work on Facebook and on Twitter. But to everyone out there still lis- listening, thank you so much for your support. And until next time, go Royals.